Hey, DH Paradox here. I uh, hope everyone out there is doing well today. It is August 3rd, uh, 2022, and uh, this is episode 4 of the HHT podcast. In today's episode, I have uh, special guests uh, Boomer Gamer and Viking Hammer 73, both of which are American Truck Sim streamers, uh, primarily on YouTube. And uh, they both have real-world trucking experience. And uh, I'm going to be chatting with them today, and uh, they're going to tell us why they uh, why they like American Truck Sim, and we'll uh, we'll talk about other games as well and simulators, and uh, get to know them a little better. So uh, let's get into it. Okay, hey, uh, I've got uh, special guests on uh, here today for the podcast. Uh, I've got Boomer Gamer and Viking Hammer. Uh, they, they both stream to YouTube, uh, but Viking also streams to Twitch as well from, on occasion. Um, welcome, guys. Say, say hello. Tell us about yourselves. Hello, I'm Boomer. <laughs> and I am Viking Hammer seventy three, and yeah, uh, like Paradox said, I stream to Twitch and YouTube, and I'm from Alberta, Canada. Uh, you guys are both real real life truckers as well, right? You've, uh, got... That's right. Yes, that is correct. Yep. How many How many years experience? Um, myself, I have, uh, between over the road and local regional, I have 28 years of official experience. Um, <laughs> but I grew up on a farm too. So I have a lot of prior experience before actually getting my CDL. So yeah, I can't even begin to, uh, total up the years I've been driving, but yeah, I actually learned how to start driving a big rig when I was like eight years old. Oh, sweet. How about you, Boomer? Well, uh, first let me just say that, um, my, my full handle is Boomer Gamer and uh, my YouTube channel is my over the road trucking adventure where I did record a number of vlogs of my time over the road. And I have, between uh, driving over the road and doing local, I, I forgot to mention I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. So between my time over the road and my time locally here uh, in Las Vegas, I'm pretty close to 10 years. So, um, yeah. Nice. Now, how, how did you guys get into ATS? I got it by accident. <laughs> um, I saw. Sorry. Oh, I I I watched a video of another trucker, um, young lady who has a channel called Happiness by the Mile. I had seen a couple of her trucking vlog videos, um, and I guess a couple of years ago now, but last year I saw a video that she did where she was doing a reaction video to American Truck Simulator. I had heard of it before, but 
I just did, didn't seem like something I'd be interested in. But once I watched her reaction video, I was very intrigued by the game. And so I decided to, it was next time it was on sale, I picked it up at Steam, got it, drove it. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Go ahead, Viking. And myself, yeah, actually uh, seen it in Steam one day back, oh, it was would have been, I don't know, 2016 or 17. And so I originally bought it then. Played it for a little bit, but then my computer updated and it wouldn't play it on my computer anymore. So I had a little bit of a hiatus from it uh, up until about January, late January, early February of this year. And then I've been pretty much a diehard. <laughs> I play it every day without fail, pretty much, other than if I am literally not home. But uh, yeah, no, I've been a big fan of it. Even when I first got it, I really loved it and was disappointed when my computer wouldn't play it anymore. Oh, so, I yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's about how I got into it. But yeah, I I, I absolutely loved it right from, from the moment I got it because being a retired trucker, well, somewhat retired, I guess, at that point for about four years. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it called to me more or less. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, uh, talking with other truckers, it, it seems like, you know, it's, it's a way for them to continue doing what they love without actually maybe for whatever reason they, they can't drive anymore for whatever reason due to health or, uh, or they're just retired, and, but, but still love doing it, you know, um, it, it's, it's nice that we had, that we have that, that capability to, uh, to do that, that, uh, something like ATS is available. It, yeah, that's, I would agree with all that. Yeah, it, it's a great game. I, I, uh, I picked it up. I was curious about it, like you, you know, back in 2016, picked it up on the cheap to try it out, and uh, like you, I I loved it, and uh, it, it's, it's great to just chill and drive and, you know, pick up a load, deliver it, and you get to discover new places. I... I've never been out that far west of the U.S., so uh, California, Nevada, you know, all those western states are, are new to me. I've, I've never been that far out. Uh, I have been as far as Denver, Colorado, because I had grandparents out there, but I've never been any further west than that. So it's... Uh, it's interesting for me, you know, seeing those states, even if they're not one-to-one -one scale, it's, it's still interesting, neat. <laughs> um, so how did, how did you guys get, get started in streaming uh, on, on YouTube? Well, you go take that one first. You were... You were streaming before me, I think. Or did you, or, or, oh, wait, did you say you started streaming this year? 
Yeah, it was this year, I think. I uh, started streaming in late March, I believe, was when I first started making videos and putting them up on YouTube. Um, but yeah, and then I ended up getting getting talked into getting a webcam as well and start showing my, my beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been, and yeah, I'm, well... I'm almost to the point now where I'm either streaming or uploading content uh, on a daily basis to to YouTube and or Twitch. Um, but yeah, I do two days a week on Twitch, sometimes three. And uh, but yeah, we've been lately this last month we've been basically streaming every night on uh, YouTube. Right, I started streaming February or March. I don't recall. Um, on YouTube. I'm, I'm exclusively YouTube at this point. I do plan to jump into Twitch at some point, but I've been just streaming on YouTube. And I've been on YouTube since about 2014. That's when I first started uploading my uh, daily vlogs. I wasn't doing them daily, but they would show a day. <laughs> and, uh, so I'd been I'd been going about six and a half six six and a half years I think no it must have been longer than that it was 2015 anyway um, and it took me a long time to get to even a thousand subscribers because I wasn't consistent and then I posted my first ATS video on January 15th. And my channel took off, and people convinced me to live stream. Now, I had done a couple of live streams for trucking, like question and answer things for trucking, but never for a video game. And so I started live streaming, I guess, about the same time in March. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty much when I discovered you, uh, Boomer, um, your YouTube channel. Uh, with your ATS videos, and then, and then you started live streaming. I, that's that's when I discovered you. So I guess uh, you were live like streaming one, helps. Yeah, it does. It does. You were one of those. Uh, I, I don't. Know, you know how YouTube has you know like featured uh, content and. Uh, you were one of those uh, featured content creators, and uh, so I checked out your channel and your videos, and uh, mm -hmm. yep, had to, had to subscribe and uh, been enjoying your content ever since. And uh, so, well, I'm glad you did, and I'm yeah. glad you do. Yeah, and and then you know through through. Um, your community, uh, I discovered, you know, Viking and uh, the re the rest of the rest of the guys out there in your community, uh, the Bucks and uh, uh, gosh, my mind's a blank now that I. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably Sim Ninja. Yeah, Sim Ninja. Yep. Um, the Wolf Talpa. Yep. They all stream. Hey. Tank man, yes, tank man. Yes, tank man. Yep. <laughs> uh, all, all of, all of them, great, great people. Uh, built a, a great community. Um, you have a, 
a Discord that uh, well managed. Um, you um, and it and unlike most trucking discords, it's not eighteen plus. Like you, you allow anyone to join, uh, and you keep it like PG thirteen. You know, and it's that's respectable. You know. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I I like having all kinds of people involved, and there's <laughs> just because it's a trucking sim community doesn't mean we all have to talk like truckers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the first I've come across. Yeah, that uh, you know, uh, so far in in my online adventures. Um, yeah. Uh, I try to stay connected uh, with various communities and, you know, for just knowledge and networking and friendship. And, you know, it's, it's great, you know, meeting, meeting all these interesting people, uh, different walks of life and different parts of the world. And yeah, I really like that that aspect of it. There are people from all over the world. Um, uh, you know, North America, of course, uh, Canada, US. I don't know if there's people from Mexico in the Discord, although I have uh, people in my YouTube audience that are from Mexico and South America. We've got a lot of people from Europe, Eastern Europe, um, India. Well, in the audience, I'm not sure about in the Discord. But Australia, New Zealand. Yep. Yeah, Australia, New Zealand. Trucking is really big out there as well. Right. I know in the past, he's been active lately, but we had a young man who was about, I, I want to say, 14 or 15 from Malaysia. Oh, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, literally from all over the world. And actually, we've got some recent folks from, uh, there's at least one from South Africa. And yeah, just all over the world. I, re I really like having an, and I hate to use this buzzword, but an inclusive community where people can come and feel welcome and enjoy the games. We, you know, we don't just do American Truck Simulator or Euro Truck Simulator. Um, those are the ones that we're doing, uh, Viking and I are doing, but we have Within the Discord community, we have, as you know, um, other sims, and I've seen you um, somewhat active in some of those other areas, uh, racing and flight sim, and you know these are things. The at least the flight sim, but these are things that Viking and I are both chomping at the bit to get involved in. <laughs> Definitely, yep. <laughs> if uh, you know, if I can help you with that in any way, please let me know. Um, uh, it's a matter of time and money. So I'm yeah. focused on ATS and ETS right now. Um, yeah, that, gotcha. that's the only thing keeping me from well, both of us, I would imagine. So, trying to stay well, focused. The, yeah. the the flight sim community, flight simming is a big part of of my history. Um, which when I listened to a couple of your episodes, and plus the episode you were interviewed in with the other podcast. Um, it really took me back, you know, into the 80s and the 90s with my time flight simming 
And actually, I used in the 90s, I used Microsoft Flight Simulator to practice uh, flight maneuvers when I was actually taking flying lessons. Oh, nice. In real life. So I, uh, I did eventually get my uh, pilot's license in 2001, or was it 2000? 2000. 2000. So, uh, but I found it extremely useful to practice uh, doing pattern work uh, in flight sim and also nav- radio navigation. Yeah, I'm just now learning, you know, like radio navigation right now, and it's it's interesting, um, and I, I'm enjoying it. It's it, flight sim is very in depth. It's and and I like that. There's there's always something new to learn, experience. You know, it's it's very engaging like that. It's. So it's a lot more than just a game at that point. You know, you actually learn something useful, you know. Yeah. But it's fun. I, I you know, back in the 90s when I, I used to get pretty pretty involved in it, I would love just flying, just taking off and flying and looking at the scenery from the air. And back then, of course, the, the graphics weren't anywhere near as good as they are now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back on the old Tandy systems. Pentium. <laughs> and Pentium. <laughs> hey, back then, I mean, it was, that was state of the art, you know, it was like, wow. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that. I mean, yeah. first, first video games I remember, you know, like, like Pong, you know, very basic. Very blocky, you know, two-dimensional, you know. So I remember seeing uh, one of the earliest uh, iterations of Microsoft Flight Sim at a computer convention. And, of course, it was running on a... Back then, it was a fancy machine, right? Uh, and, And it had a flight yoke connected and... The whole thing, you know, color monitor was like, wow, you know, color <laughs> monitors back then were a big deal, right? Right. Um, and it, it, you couldn't get me off the thing, man. I was, <laughs> oh man, it was great. But uh, of course, compared to today, it's What is this, right? But um, and I, I'm I'm sure you know generations from now uh, they'll be looking back at today's technology like that's nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're living in the dinosaur age, <laughs> right? I mean, they'll probably have like holographic kind of stuff, like uh, uh, you know. Uh, Star Trek uh, holodeck kind of kind of immersion, right? I hope Lo- to be around for that. I know, right? Yeah. I, me too. I, I I hope to experience that in my lifetime, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, instead of uh, yelling at kids, you kids get off my lawn. I, I hope instead to be hollering, you kids get off my holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Oh, yep. I want to live live long enough for that. Now, what what kind of what kind of other games are are you into? Uh, Viking. What uh, what do you enjoy? Um, well, besides American Truck Sim and Euro Truck Simulator, um, play a lot of Farming Sim. <laughs> okay. Um, especially, well. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many thousands and thousands of hours I have into Farming Sims since I got back into it when Farming Sim 15 came out. Um, but yeah, I play other stuff too, like, um, uh, well, World of Warships, um, into other games like shooter games and stuff like that to get started to get into Arma 3 and have played a lot of uh, The Division 2 um nice but yeah not uh well i i guess i could say too as far as other simulators i played a lot of grand theft auto or well some grand theft auto and um uh, but mostly gran turismo played a lot of that since the uh onset of the playstation era (laughs) yeah i've pretty much had every one of the grand theft auto games and uh, i've played Oh, some flight simulators too, like uh, back in the day, um, the Jane's Combat flight simulators and uh, a lot of like Ace Combat kind of this kind of stuff. But yeah, that's that's about it really as far as like simulator stuff goes. Cool. All right. Um, Ted and I have been, we really, it's not a simulator, but uh, Ted and I have really been enjoying uh, Division Two. We uh, we got it on the cheap. Uh, on it was on sale. Base game was like nine bucks. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember. Um, and yeah, the, the I think I mentioned it to you earlier in, during your stream. The, the like ultimate was like twenty four dollars. So you get the whole everything DLC everything. 24 yeah. bucks and uh we got that i don't know four months ago something like that and uh and we couldn't get enough of it we were just playing that almost every day <laughs> for a while yeah yeah i was like that too when i found division two on like my PlayStation on my ps5 i i i played that probably as much as i've for as much time as I've put into American Truck Sim so far. But yeah, that was a daily thing for just grinding, grinding and grinding for hours and hours on end. Yeah, and they've they've recently done some some updates and added some some content and features and stuff. And so they're they're still, you know, developing for that game and adding on to it, which is great. So there's still a lot of playability left in it. Oh, definitely, yep. So maybe maybe in the future if you have time, you know, maybe you can uh play with Ted and I at some point, but uh if you're up to that. Oh, yeah, definitely would be up up for playing some more of the division too, yep. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Boomer? Any any other uh outside simulation kind of games shooters or sure um i've logged 
I think about 300 hours in squad. Okay. Which, you know, once I got, you know, back into ATS, I, I logged about 200 hours in ATS before I set it aside for a while. And then, um, then I, I got into squad, logged about 300 hours in that. Uh, I really enjoy squad, but, um, yeah, uh, I really do enjoy that. Um, but Arma, Arma 3, I mean, I was, I was doing Arma, the very first version of Arma back in the day, late 90s, I think it was. Um, so World of Warships. I've never been into racing sims, but uh, all of the other uh, games that are that I have in here, like uh, Train Sims, um, DCS, and I, I, I haven't done much in DCS. I want to badly, though. Uh, digital combat simulations, because it's a flight sim type of a game. Oh, yeah. yeah. DCS is probably top-tier, you know, military flight right. simulation. Um, but the... And I like any, any kind of, of military simulation or strategy gaming. I mean, I go back doing military simulations or games uh, back to the late 70s with Avalon Hill. Um, they had original squad leader and advanced squad leaders. And this was the little, this was the hex space boards and the square cardboard cutouts uh, and dice. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And it was, I loved that. And then, you know, then when computers became a thing, that's what I tended to gravitate towards before I found Flight Sim. But I still have always liked uh, anything military-related. And some of the titles that Viking had mentioned a few minutes ago, like the Janes series, um, I, I got into those. Uh, Falcon 3.0, Falcon 4.0. F-15 Strike Eagle, all that stuff. Just really enjoyed it. Nice. Oh, and by the way, I had never heard of Division 2, so I had to Google it to see what it is, and it's exactly the kind of thing I think I'd be interested in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only third person, um, except for when you... Uh, are aiming with like a sniper rifle you know down down the scope and of course it's first but uh so it's mo it's mostly over the shoulder um but you know you the the cover system is very intuitive you just you know can run up to something and and take cover uh you can you, you, your character can dive to avoid things. Um, it's it, the gameplay mechanics are just so good. Uh, well, I'd like to check it out. Is this something available through Steam? No, uh, it's through the uh, Ubisoft. Um, okay. Yeah, Ubisoft Connect. Yeah, Ubisoft Connect is the uh, Ubisoft launcher, um, and 
you just lo load that and uh, you can get it directly through that in their store. And I, I looked a few minutes ago and it is on sale in there. Uh, $9 for the base game and 24 for the Ultimate Edition, which is a really great deal. It's like 70% off original. Uh, great, great game to get into. Yeah, definitely. And then, especially when you get in to start doing raids in that game. If you've never done any of those paradox, they are very fun. <laughs> they running an eight man squad for, for doing raids. Uh, is, is that PVP? Um, PVE in the raid. You basically okay. go into like big, huge compounds and you have to clear the entire compound. And some of them have uh, three to four like really big bosses in them and stuff like that that you have to defeat. And a lot of it has to do like uh, you have you have to be pretty much synchronized and know what you're doing with like with the rest of your squad and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just a, a little different aspect to the game, but it's it's very intense. OK, yeah, no, I, I, I haven't done any of that yet. I've I've just been. uh you know, going through the, the normal, uh, I guess you could say, story mode. And, uh, you know, beating beating the bosses one by one. Mm -hmm. And uh, helping friends do the same, you know, playing co-op pretty much with them and getting them through, leveled up, defeating bosses and whatnot. But uh, uh, I've, I've only gotten my first character up to shade level six. Uh, which you get shade level after you complete uh, both the Washington and uh, New York story mode. Yep. And um, and I have a second character that's almost at shade level, but not quite. He's at like thirty-seven, so he just has. Uh, one more boss to kill and then he can uh take down keener and then he's got the shade watch yeah keener is very fun in that game to defeat yes, <laughs> yes. frustrating for me the first couple times but uh you know um once i started teaming up with somebody who knew what what to do that was walk in the park yeah, for sure. What uh, what other kind of things are, are you guys into? Like uh, any uh, well, uh, w tell us what kind of what kind of jobs you you work on, or I mean, uh, what kind of uh, stuff do you haul, Boomer? Currently, um, and, and not for much longer, because I'm winding down my driving career, um, I'm currently hauling uh, primarily show freight. And show freight here in Las Vegas is um, not showgirls, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Um, is freight associated with trade shows? even some of the comedy shows here in town and some of the other acts. Um, but it's primarily for the uh, uh, 
trade shows that happen at the various convention centers. There's the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is huge. There are events and and, uh, convention centers at most of the larger casinos, including the Mirage, which, yeah, the Mirage. Luxor, which I went to for the first time yesterday. That was not trade show related, though. That was uh, uh, hotel furniture stuff. Um, The uh, Venetian... Yeah, the company I drive for, they have a, a, we're just one division, we're a small division. Uh, the main part of the company is involved in uh, FF&E, which is uh, furniture, fixtures, and equipment related to hotels, and not just casino hotels, because hotels around the country. In fact, they've got a big job going on right now in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, which I put, I believe that is a casino <laughs> in Biloxi. Um, that they're working on just for the hotel stuff. So furniture, fixtures, and equipment, and basically any any of the furniture that be in the hotel room, like beds, chairs, desks, things like that. So, uh, but the other stuff that I haul primarily, like I said, it has to do with the convention center. So if you've ever been to a trade show anywhere in the country, because this does happen all over the country, and uh, Exhibitors uh, will will have booths, and within their booths, they'll have um, their their setup uh, where they're you know they're they're displaying their wares or like maybe it's a flight sim thing and they've got things set up in cubicles for people to sit down and 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 touch the equipment and stuff. Well, there are there is a cottage industry here in the Las Vegas Valley that specializes in building those booths or providing different aspects to support the booths, like overhead lighting, signage, things like that. Hmm. And that stuff all has to get moved from the places that, that build it locally to the various convention centers. And then after the convention center, it's all got to be moved out. Some of the other uh, support stuff, like I said, was lighting and sound equipment, and I've hauled a fair amount of that um, for shows. Um, one of the th- one of the jobs I did fairly recently was to move um, audio and visual, you know, lighting and sound equipment out of the Rio Hotel and Casino for the Penn and Teller show. They hmm. re- they record their shows. Uh, for the TV program, I guess. Um, they they record them over the course of just a few weeks, and they, rec- and they record them for the whole year over the course of just a few weeks. And then they go on tour. Well, while they're gone on tour, all of their, their set is torn down, and that stuff is sent back out to these suppliers uh, or the places they rented the sound and lighting equipment from. Well, um, that's considered show freight. And so... Folks like me move that stuff. Okay, that's interesting. I hadn't hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, right. I didn't either until <laughs> I started doing this. Uh, let me think about what I did. What I did yesterday because I worked yesterday a fairly long day. Um, so I took a took an empty trailer to the Luxor Casino, dropped it in a dock. So that so so it could be loaded. Then I I ran other errands. I think I 
I delivered some stuff to the local places that I had picked up Saturday when I worked. Um, I Saturday I picked up some stuff at the Las Vegas Convention Center. So yesterday I delivered some of that. Um, I also went to a place that I go to far too frequently called um, Forward Air. And you may see their trucks around the country, but they specialize in shipping stuff either by truck or by air, the airlines. And um, so a lot of exhibitors, when they're exhibiting here in town or wherever, if it's an expedited thing, they'll ship it by air and then we'll go pick it up at, at the, their warehouse, uh, the forward air warehouse. Or consequently, we'll take some stuff there that will get shipped back to them or to the next convention venue in Dallas or Boston or Miami or whatever. So there are people in the trade show industry that they just go from city to city to city for their company to coordinate all the, the setup and teardown activities for each show. So uh, some of these people I see about once every three months because they're here for an, another show. Okay. So it is kind of fascinating stuff, and I will, I will miss a little bit of it. Um, just because it's fascinating. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a, a variety kind of job. You you don't know from day to day what what you're going to be hauling, right? So literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I I like that. You know, it's uh, a little bit different each day, even though you're doing pretty much the same thing. It's still different. You know, makes it a little more exciting, anyway. Yeah, but, uh, almost never a boring day. But I, uh, I know it's hard work, though. I, I especially in this heat, it's right. not not easy. I, I, I have, I have mad respect for what you do. I, I don't think I could do it. It's interesting to say, let me just add this one last thing. It's interesting to say that um, despite the hard work, trucking is a, is a lifestyle. And if, if things were different for me, I would be back out on the road. I would prefer that. And I would, I liked being out on the road and I know that Viking feels the same way. So I'll hand it off to him at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. It's one of the things I miss the most, kind of like I was talking about in my Twitch stream earlier when Paradox was on watching. Um, I know for me, like I, yeah, I absolutely miss trucking, Um, especially the biggest part is seeing all the scenery and everything that this, uh, you know, that North America has to offer. Um, There's just so much out there to, to see and, and behold, basically, um, yeah, it's, 100%. yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things and you get, it gets in your blood too. Like, I don't know. That's probably why I've never really veered too far away from trucking is cause I started at, uh, such a young age when I learned how to drive a truck and then, um, yeah. And then got into it like say once i finally got my cdl legally <laughs> for driving down the highway and stuff uh 
Yeah, it, it took up a very big part of uh, my life once I turned uh, 18. And so, yeah, I, and I've, I've hauled an absolute wide variety of different types of stuff and different types of trailer combinations. And, oh, yeah, I've, I've done a lot, but there's still lots of stuff that I never did haul um, in my life that uh, I kind of wanted to try. But, but yeah, well, like I've. What would you say is the most interesting thing that you all? Um, I know probably, well, I, 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 my biggest extent of working, um, like pulling trailers, I did a lot of reefer work uh, and, uh, and then also, um, and that was on the long haul side or over the road. And, uh, but then more of the local stuff, uh, I hauled a lot of gravel cause my uncle owned a, a gravel and concrete company. So I spent, uh, six, seven years working for him. And I did a lot of work in the oil patch up here in Alberta, like graveling, uh, lease roads and like building leases, um, or sites where you know, like big, uh, oil or gas batteries and stuff like that were built on. We, we, we did a lot of the work called a lot of the material in there. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, um, I've, out of everything I've done and hauled, those are probably the, my two favorite areas that, uh, that I worked in other than the wait time in the reefer industry. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of, That's... a lot of hurry up and wait going on. Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love pulling reefers though. And, uh, and, and hauling, hauling gravel her aggregate materials and stuff like that. Like I say, for the oil field and so yeah, it's, but yeah, not to mention, like I say, all the other stuff I've done, like I've done tank work and heavy, hauled heavy equipment around and pulled, uh, what we call up here in Canada or uh, super B hopper bottom grain trailers, um, hold those for a few years too and and yeah uh, but yeah a lot of a lot of belly dump and like uh gravel box uh style stuff in the aggregate industry and so yeah I've, I've done a lot <laughs> to say the least yeah variety uh variety hauler as well i like that I like yeah. that yeah pretty much like say yeah uh, uh, like flat decks and low boys double low boys um yeah just a, just a whole wide variety of stuff that i've wanted to do and have have accomplished as far as trucking and but then like i say there's a lot of other stuff that i wanted to do as well but never got the chance to the uh i i really enjoy the in in the sim the the low boy you know heavy haul kind of stuff uh even even the like long articulated trailers are, are kind of fun, you know, getting, uh, getting around tight areas, uh, tight corners and stuff can be pretty interesting. Figure out a way to take it so that you're not, uh, running over something. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, or swing wide. It's a friggin' trailer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, some of these places, I, I don't. There, there would be no way if there were traffic on the road to to get it uh, 
through like this mountain pass, you know, real twisty road, two lane, you know, double yellow line. If traffic were coming the other way, there there'd be no way. Yeah. And yet there's always some Yahoo who tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the AI and ATS is just crazy. But I wonder if that's not on purpose, actually, because it keeps you on your toes, which is what you need to do in real life anyway. Uh, that's a good point. Because real life, as you know, is just unpredictable. You don't know what 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 people are going to do, right? Uh, some, somebody just randomly crossing the street or, uh, you know, maybe the car meant to turn there, you know, right. Oh, uh, here's my exit right here, you know, or, or something like that. Right. They cut you off or hit the, that hit the all brakes. Happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and way often, like every day. So you, one of the most it, interesting things along those two of the, two of the more interesting things along those lines were the time I was, uh, coming upon a car on the freeway and all of a sudden his left rear tire popped off. Oh, started bounding down the freeway <laughs> <laughs> and he had sparks coming out from underneath the left rear corner of his vehicle. And that tire just went and it was bouncing. And I thought for sure it was going to go over the Jersey barrier into oncoming traffic. Thankfully it did not. And, and another, another time, and I have that on video, I actually, on one of my videos on my YouTube channel, I have that. Not a very oh. good quality video, but it's on there. Oh, wow. And it, okay. Yeah. And then another time I was driving uh, somewhere back east, and I'm, I don't even remember where it was, but I'm headed southbound. All of a sudden, the median in between the north and the southbound lanes was uh, full of trees. You actually couldn't even hardly ever see traffic going the other way on this particular stretch. I'm, I'm thinking it was in Virginia. Um, but regardless, I'm driving south. All of a sudden, out of those trees coming more or less at me, um, at an angle, came a tire. Uh, Just coming down the road, came out of the median trees. I have no idea why it was there or why it was rolling and it was going at a pretty good clip but it was going and it missed me i don't think it hit anybody but it sure did get my attention <laughs> i bet right so stuff like that can and does happen yeah the the most random things right so yeah. i mean it's and Funny things can happen in the sim. I mean, not not quite like that, but I mean, uh, sometimes we get a a, a network uh, desync or you know some kind of lag. Vehicles will go flying for no reason or <laughs> or, or glitch. Uh, uh, AI will disappear, uh, reappear um, out of nowhere, or like we experienced the other day, invisible walls. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it it doesn't really mimic real life 
but it still keeps you on your toes, right? It it, it yeah. makes you uh, pay attention, right? So that I I really want to get my son who just turns he just turned fifteen and is excited to start driving, right? I would love to get him behind the wheel in in ATS, uh, just so that he could kind of learn to expect the unexpected, you know, yeah. um, not just learn the traffic rules, but to be aware of, of things and kind of expect something random to, to happen. Right. Cause, uh, cause yeah, you, you'd be just listening to the radio, you know, uh, talking to friends or whatever and this this most random thing just just happens out of nowhere and if you're not paying attention you know you could hit something or someone or you know so i i think the sim would be would be good for that you know yeah uh that's a good point i, I you know it reminded me of an incident that happened to me yesterday i'm i'm driving uh, on Sunset Road, right next to the airport here in Las Vegas, and it's a major drag. It's it's a surface street, but it's got three lanes in both directions. I'm driving down the middle lane because that's what I do whenever possible in a truck is I take the middle lane, and I notice some stuff in my lane up ahead, and it wasn't until I, I got too close to get out of the lane when I realized it was debris from a pallet that apparently had fallen off the back of some vehicle or something. Ooh. And I, I was just barely able to avoid the major sections of it. <clears throat> it, had, it had broken up into different pieces, and I could see that the, the, the board that, was, that my right tire was going to hit, I could see that it had nails in it, oh. or at least appeared to be nails or staples that it, or whatever. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got to swerve as I'm braking. And I darn near clipped somebody in the right lane who uh, let me know that I was number one. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I'm like, I got to avoid this thing or I'm going to take out at least one of my right steer tire. Mm, Yeah. And you just that's a classic example of you just never know. You can't be looking at your phone. You can't be, you know, looking off at the airplanes taking off and landing for more than a second or so. You've got to be paying attention to what's going on around you. All the, the same time. thing for this. Yep. Yeah. And the same thing for the, for the gal that was next to me in her car. She had no idea that a truck was going to suddenly start to come into her lane abruptly. You know? <laughs> right. So and I only I only got my tires, my right tires over the white line a little bit. But still, I mean, to the average person, that's extremely uncomfortable to have a truck do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you got this huge thing right next to you, you know, bigger than a tank, and uh, <laughs> you're in a little four-wheel car. Um, yeah, it's a little intimidating and uh, kind of freaky out. Um, yeah. I was in a blind spot of a, a trucker in the... 
I was in the right lane. He was in the left passing lane. I don't think he saw me. I was just behind his rear axles. Uh, and he started merging over into the right lane. Fortunately, there was enough room in the emergency lane for me to get over there. Uh, was it Bucks? It was Bucks, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was Bucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bucks has done that to me, so that's the first thing. That <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you have to be ready to react no matter what you're driving. Yeah, yeah. If if I hadn't have been paying attention, yeah, he he would have he would have crashed crashed me out for sure. And he might not have even known it. it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't think he knew that I was there. Um, at the time, I was I was thinking he did it on purpose, but uh, I I didn't know as much about trucks as I do now. This this was maybe twenty some years ago. I hadn't been driving very long, right? So it, it can be tough uh, to determine the distance. I mean, sitting in the front in the driver's seat of a full-size tractor trailer rig with a sleeper on it, you've got 70 feet about behind you to the back of the trailer. It can be difficult to judge that distance. Yeah. So let me just say this for for those folks that are listening, that are finding themselves driving around trucks and may have one, you know, a truck that passes them and wants to move over into the lane because they're flashing or they're they're they've got their turn signal on. Um, truckers appreciate it when cars and and you know regular drivers flash their lights at them when it's safe to come over. Okay. It it means a lot to drivers or to oh, def definitely. <laughs> Very much so. We don't want to be the cause of an accident. We don't want to be responsible for clipping the front of your car. We sometimes just can't quite tell. Gotcha. Yeah, like you like you say, that's a that's a long distance. Seventy feet is is a big gap. Right. Yeah, the, the trailer itself, uh, some of them are 53, 53 foot. So. Yeah, the standard you, trailer is 53. Yep. Uh, you know, and then you got. If 20. you're in a sleeper, um, you're, you're another, I don't know, from the back of the trailer, six to eight feet more. So maybe 65 feet back to the back of the trailer, but it's it's a long way. Even more if you have a stretched frame. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's a that's a good good suggestion there, Boomer. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, I'll I'll certainly I've I back off. You know, I give them room, but I didn't. I never thought about you know flashing my lights to let them know that hey, it's so okay to come on over i never thought about that that's a fair point yeah uh truckers do that to one another and i've i've had a lot of um small vehicle drivers do that either because they're a trucker they know a trucker used to be a trucker or they've seen truckers do it and they mm -hmm. figured it out 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a common practice I do, even though I'm not driving truck anymore. If I have a semi passing me, I always flash their, my light, my headlights at them just so that you know that they know it's safe to come on, come back into the lane. Yep. Yeah. And you know, trucks. I don't think a lot of the a lot of the drivers out there may not realize that you know that's a lot of weight. Yeah. They're they're big trucks, you know, hauling who knows what, you know, uh, probably groceries or something that, that we need, right? Um, and, you know, they're very heavy when they're loaded. So, you know, they, they can't stop on a dime. So, uh, you know, and you got to give them a lot of space, a lot of space. Right. And you brought up a good point earlier about being in that truck's blind spot. There are definitely blind spots uh, where drivers, especially on the right side, where drivers just can't see you. And as recently as this past week, you know, I very nearly clipped someone because I didn't see them. And fortunately didn't interact with them more closely, but it, it happens. Uh, just because there is a blind spot. The the other thing I was going to mention, I mean, the other point you brought up is how heavy trucks are. Well, the average, the max gross weight for your average run-of-the-mill tractor-trailer is 80,000 pounds. That's 40 tons. Ooh. And even empty, like my tractor, my full-size tractor with a sleeper was like, 19,000 pounds, I think it was. You tack on a trailer and, you know, you're, you're looking at 25 to 30,000 pounds empty. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. A lot of weight. Yeah. So give them room people. Definitely. And, uh, they, and they need to be on the road because, you know, that's where we get our, daily supplies from uh, whether it's food clothing you know uh any anything we buy you know is delivered by truck even stuff you order online it's you know delivered by freight and uh you know before it gets to the distribution center that goes to the the mail truck or the uh, whether it's ups or fedex or whatever before it loads on their trucks, you know, it, it's, it's sent to them on most likely a, a big rig truck. Yeah. And that kind of ties into one of the sayings of a truck, if you bought it, a truck brought it. Yeah. yeah. Even if it came by ship from across the ocean, once it's unloaded out at the port, it gets, that container gets loaded onto a truck. And yeah. if if it's retail goods, a lot of times it's going from the port in a container to a freight forwarding outfit where they will unload it from the container in what is known as a cross dock operation. And it'll get unloaded from the container and go right into an over the road uh, dry van trailer. And from there, then is picked up by uh, an over-the-road trucker or local even 
and taken to either a local distribution center or it's trucked across the country. I've I've done uh, the across the country stuff. I imagine biking has as well. Absolutely, yep. In yeah. fact, we. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish that uh, thought. I was just going to say, yeah, all the huddle, all the whole lot of product out of Canada and uh, the southern states, uh, Miami areas, like yeah, all over the southern states and even in uh, the northern parts of Mexico. Oh wow. Yeah, freight gets around from one country to another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and similarly, you know, I, I've done stuff out of out of port areas, either directly out of the port from a warehouse where I would get loaded my stuff loaded into my trailer uh, that came came in on a on a ship, uh, or uh, I'd go to like um, was it Laredo. Um, Texas and do a lot of stuff that came across the border or I take stuff to the border and it gets taken across. Um, lots and lots of stuff, but it's funny. Uh, Viking and I had shared some reminiscences that we both had of the port of Galveston, um, going down there, not at the same time, but at different times in our career and, uh, picking up loads of bananas at the port of Galveston in Texas. Yeah, yeah, Galveston, even like myself, picked up a lot of loads of bananas, a.k.a. monkey pickles. Yeah. Uh, of, like <laughs> uh, Port Wanimi, California, which is uh, just kind of on the outskirts of Oxnard, California, which, yeah, which is right on the docks. And yeah, that's come right off the ship, right into the warehouse and uh, then into my truck and then brought it back up to Canada. We get we get a bunch of bananas just about weekly here at at our house, so yeah, gotta gotta have our monkey pickles. <laughs> Definitely, they're good for you. <laughs> oh, absolutely, they are. I, I picked some up at the store today. I'd I'd never heard them called monkey pickles until you mentioned that on on stream one day. That was same that's, here. That's hilarious, <laughs> but, it, but it makes perfect sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, people, heard that term people, for a long time. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. Most people don't understand how the stuff that they buy at the store ends up at the store. There is a there is a huge infrastructure of the supply chain, and there are just thousands of people involved in that process. You know, one of the things, um, bananas is a good example, coming from, I assume, Central and South America, and, and they come up and they get um, unloaded at ports, and then they get sent out to various parts of the country and eventually wind up at your local grocery store. So, uh, another, another item is uh, wine from Australia. I like to, to get an occasional bottle of Shiraz from uh, Australia, and that comes across in containers over the ocean, thousands of miles, hits a port, gets unloaded, um, gets picked up by a truck and, and sent to various distribution centers all over the country, sometimes by rail, sometimes by truck, but eventually by truck, no matter what, or almost no matter what, 
things are gone by truck. And, and I seem to recall a statistic that about 90% of everything we buy is moved by a truck at some point. Yeah. And the only, th I mean, a big truck. So I think the only thing that wouldn't be would be local stuff. Very local. Yeah, our, our, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, donut shops, uh, Krispy Kreme, uh, was, uh, it started here in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, uh, you know, so they're, they're donut trucks or delivery trucks or, you know, everywhere right so yeah um kind of like a fedex kind of delivery van kind of kind of size you know right but sure oh so yeah you know things things like that you know local local delivery trucks you know would be that size but yeah if they're going you know long distances or or have to carry a a, a large load then yeah it's got to be semi-truck yeah and even the uh, you know looking at the containers again uh, a lot of those good containers get offloaded in southern california either at long the port of long beach or the uh, los angeles port or oakland or seattle or tacoma they get offloaded at these ports and then they the containers get loaded onto special rail cars and then these trains with hundreds sometimes hundreds of these containers roll inland to major inland ports like chicago dallas memphis uh, a bunch of other ones and then they get offloaded and, the, and then there's a similar process that happens there um, they either get delivered locally to a distribution center or warehouse or loaded onto or transferred onto long-haul trucks that take it another few hundred miles. So the logistics of the supply train is, I find it fascinating actually. Yeah, it, it is interesting for sure. You know, one of the, I'd like to share this one particular load that I took out of the port of Baltimore. Um, it was, a load of pulp, but like wood pulp, from eucalyptus trees that had been shipped out of Brazil, landed at the port of Baltimore in Maryland, where I picked it up. It, it had been offloaded into a warehouse, and then I backed into the warehouse dock, and they loaded it onto my trailer. And from Baltimore, Maryland, I carted that all the way to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is like kind of in the middle of the country. And I brought that to a place that made tissue, like toilet tissue, facial tissue, whatever. Because, you know, we don't have wood pulp in this country. We had to import <laughs> it from Brazil. But it's because it was eucalyptus. And I was like, really? Am I bringing eucalyptus wood pulp to a toilet paper manufacturer? <laughs> I mean, is this some kind of special TPI I'd never heard of before? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had to ask when I got there, and apparently they made uh, some kind of 
special facial tissue out of it. So, but it's things you would never think of. I did. I never thought of that. I I didn't know it was even a thing. Right. Until yeah. I hauled a load of it from Baltimore, Maryland to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe it's because, maybe because of the fibers were softer, uh, something like that. I I don't know. That's, I really don't know. That's interesting. If uh, if anybody, any listeners out there know uh, how how to, you know, take eucalyptus pulp and turn it into facial tissue or or toilet tissue, um, hey. or why? <laughs> or why? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they choose that, right? <laughs> is yeah, this is probably a good uh, you know chemistry reason uh, for that. Well, there has to be, otherwise it wouldn't make economical sense to to send a you know a whole bunch of this stuff up by ship from Brazil to a port on the east coast and then truck it to the Midwest. Do you remember the company that you dropped it off to? Was it a, a recognizable brand, maybe? Yes, yes. Um, GP, which is, uh, I, I want to say... Georgia sorry. Pacific? Maybe. I'm actually going gonna, gonna to go look it up, because I know where it is. Because it's in Green Bay. Pretty sure I know where that is. I, may I see a it. lot a of Georgia time. Pacific products in my area, and yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of wood recall. and paper products. I'm gonna say it was probably uh, Georgia Pacific, and I've been to a lot of Georgia Pacific places for paper paper products in the U.S. I mean, places where they actually create the pulp and sometimes even create some of the paper. Because they do different types of things. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't recall where where it is, but maybe it wasn't Green Bay. Maybe it was. Um, well, it doesn't matter. It was Wisconsin, and yeah. it was really interesting that you know hauling something like that being and then used for some kind of tissue. But it's you know. That's not necessarily an everyday kind of a thing, like groceries, which is what what uh, Viking and I have both done with Reaper. And he wasn't kidding about sitting around and waiting <laughs> with with Reaper loads. Hurry up and wait. You got to hurry up and get there on time, so you can wait for four to eight hours to get unloaded. Yeah, get checked in for your book in time, and then yeah, it's just a matter of whenever they can put you in a door and get you loaded. So, but and yeah, if, you can sit there for hours and hours and hours on end, and before you finally get your load on or off. And and if you're, you know, if they're not timely with that, then it can put you late for another load, right? Which right, well, which usually happens. Right. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it's not a good idea to book that next load just yet. If if you're booking your own freight. Right, right. Um, there was a, a, a YouTuber I was watching yesterday. Uh, she was very upset because 
I don't think she schedules her own loads. Apparently, someone else schedules those. If you're for a her. company driver, there's a whole division that handles scheduling your loads. Yeah. So she was upset because she had to wait. Someone said they would be there. And she wound up waiting all this time and they never showed. And eventually it uh, was said, oh, they're. They're not coming or something like that. Well, she was upset because she wasted all that time and it made her late for picking up the next load, which would mean that she's late delivering that load and therefore won't get paid as much. Or which, that lo- that next load would have to be taken off of her because she's now no longer going to that area. Or that, yeah. Yeah. But um, she was upset because that was, you know, money being taken away from sure. from her profit. Uh, yeah, if the wheels aren't turning, you're not earning unless you're getting detention, which isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there, there's a thing, such a thing as detention, um, where and depend it depends on the company and the contracts that the company gets with the shippers or receivers or whoever the constantly is. So in my experience as a company driver, if you were waiting at a shipper or a receiver for more than two hours, you started getting paid whatever your detention fee was per hour. And as a company driver, I think it was like $25 an hour. it's different for an independent contractor or owner operator. Um, Viking can speak to that more than I can, I think. Um, And that's if you actually get detention. So for the bigger companies, they can actually negotiate that and get it as part of the contract. Yeah, that's Um, great. So, and I don't know what it's like for an owner operator that's, that's not involved with a bigger company. I, when I was an owner operator, I say that loosely, um, I actually was under contract with another trucking company. And so I got detention based on what they negotiated for us, but it didn't kick in until after four hours. It was more money, but it didn't kick in until four hours had gone by. There's also such a thing as uh, 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 truck or yeah, truck not used or driver not used, whatever it is. If you wind up showing up and you're on time and they wind up not loading you, there can be a fee associated with that that you can get depending on the contract involved. So there is some some compensation in many cases for these uh, company drivers. But they're not getting paid by the hour Generally, they're paid by the mile. So that's that's what that where that expression comes from. It, it, well, even for owner operators, because if the wheels aren't turning, you're not earning. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I know I've had my fair share of sitting around and waiting too, and or and like you mentioned too, there, Boomer, where 
stuff won't even show up or, or like you had mentioned too, their uh, paradox where, yeah, you could be sitting at a dock and you're waiting for two pallets coming in from an outside source or whatever, and they don't make it there by the time that uh, shipper closes. So you're sitting there overnight waiting until the next morning. And then, you know, that puts you that far behind. Yep. Yeah. Kind of, kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, as from what Boomer had mentioned there, yeah, being an o- owner operator in, uh, for a couple stints there, I, I had iron on with uh, a couple bigger companies and so, yeah, we, I didn't really have to worry too much about the, the downtime, so to speak. Cause yeah, after four hours, then like you get a little bit of like layover time kind of deal, but yeah, after four hours, then it, then they increase it. especially, yeah, if you're, like I say, if you have product coming in from an outside source or whatever, that's not at the warehouse already. And so, yeah, it's, it, it helps, but, uh, it's not the so to say, uh, and I'll be all of, you know, making money. Cause yeah, like you said, if you're, if the world wheels aren't turning, you're definitely not making any cash, not, 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 not tangible anyways, to a sense where it makes it worth it. No, it's more of a consolation prize than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for playing. Come back next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. Well, listen, I, I think I'm going to end it here, guys. But okay. uh, I, I really appreciate y'all's time. And uh, I, I think, once again, you, you guys have created a, a really great community. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that. And uh, I'm grateful that y'all let me take part in your convoys. and. You know, uh, it's, I'm, I'm happy to contribute to it, you know, uh, glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good to have you and a bunch of the other guys, uh, kind of doing cross disc cross channel stuff through discord and getting to, getting to know a bunch of the people are over on your guys's channel there as well. It's definitely been fun. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just one big community. We all love ATS and and other games too, you know. But uh, we're all, you know, like-minded people, and you know, uh, it's not really like uh, there's our Discord and your Discord and our community, your community. It's it's more like we're one big, big one family. Lovely, yeah, <laughs> a, a big family. You know that that's into trucking and passionate about it and uh you know or simulation in general you know like me um very very diverse in simulation mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out and and uh i'm glad uh i was finally able to be well enough to do this last time i scheduled it i the day it was scheduled, I just wasn't feeling well that day, so it wouldn't have been good to uh, try to fight through that. And yeah, so. definitely. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to drag it on too much longer for you there. But I did have kind of something else I wanted to bring up that we had, you know, kind of broached on earlier about the whole 
like trucking thing and like the big misconceptions of what uh regular day people have uh towards us truckers um especially in the weight carrying department uh sure we our our rigs have a lot of wheels on them and brakes but uh try throwing a tennis ball as opposed to say a medicine ball at someone and see how quick that stops <laughs> <laughs> right kind of thing like like sure we have a lot of tires a lot of brakes on our truck but yeah there's the big huge common misconception that uh everybody thinks that a big truck can stop on a dime and it is just not possible even when you are empty it, you're carrying so much weight that it takes oh it, and it's it's just crazy how much more stopping distance you need to bring that thing to a resting halt Oh yeah, and and people need to understand that. Like you, that's why you need to give trucks room. Like whether you're in front of them or behind them, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. every time I pass one, if I'm going around it, I I don't just cut right in front of their nose. You know, I, I you. give them, you know, plenty of room. You know, uh, three or four car lengths at least. Uh, you know. Number one, to make sure that they can see me. Number two, if if I have to make some kind of maneuver, uh, who, who knows? Maybe I need to avoid something. Um, so he needs time to react behind me, right? Because, mm -hmm. like you said, that's a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, they're not, it's not like they're in a sports car, so, uh, they can't turn on a dime, you know, or, uh, if, if, if a truck turns too suddenly, the weight can shift, uh, and, you know, they can, can roll over a lot easier than, than a car. Yep. So, it's important that they have that reaction uh, the gap so that they can react. A hundred percent. As a matter of fact, one of the problems that truckers sometimes have is people get angry that we exist and are in their way and they'll cut in front of us and, and brake check. And, what, and if you're not familiar with that term, it means that someone will cut in front of a truck and hit their brakes. Even, even if it's just momentarily, it can slow the car down enough and the truck doesn't have time to react. And there's a lot of videos on the internet of what can happen to a car that does that. Yes. If you're, if you're lucky, you'll only get a ticket. If you, if you really having a bad diet, you could die. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Don't, don't ever do that. It is nine times out of 10. It is not the truck driver's fault that, you know, he's just, He's trying to make a living, you know, for his family, and uh, he's just trying to drive safe, you know. And I'm not trying to be in your way. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not about you. Uh, he's just he's just doing his thing, and you know, you need to be patient on the road with other people. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Don't automatically go jump to the conclusion that people are just mean. You know, um, it seems like everyone has to get everywhere 
right now so quickly and they feel entitled and you know shouldn't have to wait and yeah that's you know, right and i know time is money but safety safety is number 1 no matter what uh, mm. yeah i i have a saying it's better to arrive alive than be dead on time. Yes. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and too, like all, like, like everybody else, like even truckers, we all have families. And I, I think like for all the truckers I've ever met in my life, we, I, I personally, I feel we are more safety conscious because we're looking out for everybody out on the road because we all want to get home safely. Whether you're in a car or a big truck, you want to get home to your family safety and or safely. And that's why like, yeah, the more room you can give a truck, the better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people don't see it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those... They just want to get to point A, from point A to point B as quick as they can. Yeah. So we'll, we'll end it on that note that, uh, you know, be, be safe out there, people. Just, uh, you know, slow down, pay attention, you know, look look out for other people uh, on the road, and uh, just try not to, you know, it's, it's, it's not a race. It's, uh, you know, it's a public road, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So... But uh, you can check out uh, Boomer Gamers' YouTube channel. I'm going to share a link in the description. Uh, Viking Hammers uh, channels as well. Uh, I'm going to put those in the description. So be sure to check out check out their channels. And uh, yeah, um, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much, Paradox, for the invite. Very much appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. It was fun. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, that concludes episode four of the HHT podcast. I'm your host, DH Paradox. If you'd like to leave uh, questions or comments, you can do so to the, the email below. Uh, our Discord link is also there where you can reach us. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and uh, hope to see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>